Hello and welcome. My name's Ben. I'm the CEO of Charlie HR, and this is the Culture Ops Podcast. We're the podcast that's trying to lift the lid on the challenging situations that affect your business and your culture on a daily basis. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Culture Ops Podcast. One of the biggest bugbears I have with any time culture is brought up in the context of building a happy and productive team is how willing we are to detach it from the day-to-day of running an organization. People think that to craft a high-performing culture, they need to innovate, spend money, throw retreats, when in reality, the game is won and lost on your core policies and processes. The way you determine compensation, communicate it, and actually deliver that to team members has a huge effect on our culture, a whole lot more than any shiny benefit ever will. So what effect does compensation have on our culture? How do you get it right? Um, I want to look at some of the intricacies of that. And joining me to discuss that is someone that knows a lot about the mechanics of paying people. Uh, Jonas, CEO and co-founder of Pento. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. No worries, buddy. Um, so company is is HQ'd in Copenhagen, but you're in Lisbon right now, correct? That's true. Um, I wouldn't actually say we're HQ'd in Copenhagen. It's uh, it's, a, it's a Danish company, so it's a Danish entity, but uh, actually we're only four people in Denmark at this point. Um, so we're a primarily distributed team with uh, the majority of people in London, actually. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so uh, I know you're well because you told me that you're well and you're in Lisbon and I can <laughs> see there's like some sun coming through the window. So I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've got full... Uh, full understanding that you're ready to go for this. Um, but uh, for people listening, tell us a little bit about uh, like where the idea for Pento came from and more importantly, like what you guys do. Sure. So, um, yeah, I think when people ask me this question, uh, I, I don't know, some, sometimes people, or at least I, I feel like they expect me to say something like, you know, I've worked in payroll for, you know, many years and I have a passion for payroll. And even though that would have been an awesome story, that's that's definitely not the case. Um, we found out about the, say, problem with payroll when we were running uh, our previous company, um, which uh, we ultimately ended up shutting down because it, it never worked out, um, out of San Francisco. And we had um, employees in... Uh, we had a small team, but we had a few people in San Francisco uh, where we were paying them um, using a product called Gusto, which um, many uh, listeners are probably familiar with, which made it uh, super easy to you know, set up your own company, add your employees and, and pay them, um, even if you had absolutely no payroll experience. Um, but if we wanted to do the same thing for the people we had back in Europe, uh, the only option we seemed to have was to uh, either try to use some of the, the legacy uh, you know, very old school payroll products, some of them not even in the cloud. Um, or we could, you know, outsource this to an external party. Um, and, and obviously we chose to outsource because we didn't want to waste our time on payroll. But we quickly realized that even, even if we had outsourced it to a third party, we, we found ourselves uh, making amendments in a spreadsheet, sending that spreadsheet back and forth on email several times every month, um, every time we wanted to make a change, add a new joiner, uh, if we had a lever, um, it felt like a very manual, 
emails back and forth type process, um, which always ended up with us um, setting up payments manually in our bank account and and then trying to manually distribute pay, pay slips to uh, to our employees. So that was where the idea came from. It was like, why has no one tried to solve this problem for companies in in Europe? Uh, it seems like such an obvious thing to do, um, and that's that's how we got started. Very cool. And um, and uh, you've been going. I want to say. Oh yes, is going to be my guess. Yeah, coming up to five years actually, so a little over four and a half years at this point. Yeah, nice. Okay, and uh, and like you and like you you said, um, uh, like Danish entity, the the team is distributed. And um, tell us a little bit about like what you think the culture that exists at Pento uh, is like. Like, how does it feel? What's the experience of working at Pento? Yeah, um, it's. On one hand, it's um, it's still uh, very much uh, ties back to sort of the early culture from when we started. But in in uh, on, on on the other hand, it's also changed a lot. So now we're coming up to almost a hundred people. Um, and I would lie if I if I didn't say that you know the, the the culture has definitely changed. I think most companies that have grown to to that size and and I'm sure beyond will will say the same. Um, I think some of the things that define our culture at Pento and makes it uh, unique, I would say, is that we did start out as a fully distributed, you know, remote team uh, back when we started the company. And even if that's like hard to imagine today, back then that was definitely not a common thing to do. It was not even accepted, I would say. I still remember a lot of investors telling us that, uh, you know, they, they would feel sort of uncomfortable investing in a company where where the team was not in the same place. Um, so I think from the get-go, we we decided that we really truly believed in that way of working. Um, and that, uh, I guess, uh, made us more conscious about how we wanted to run the company um, and the type of people we wanted to bring onto the team. Um, and so I think what defined the culture uh, in the early days and still uh, do today is that we 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 f- we found out quite quickly that in order to make remote work work well, we had to uh, almost blindly trust people the second they joined the company. So instead of uh, going with sort of what I would say is probably the more common approach, which is that you have employees join a company and then then they earn earn the trust over time as they sort of prove themselves. For remote work to work, like you, you have to pretty much like trust people blindly from from day one, um, and I think that creates a very special connection with someone when they join the company. Um, they they quite quickly sort of feel uh, uh, acknowledged and sort of recognized and 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 feel motivated to to start making an impact right away. Um, and I think we we've, we've managed to to scale that culture and. And and whoever joins Pento today uh, gets the same treatment. Where uh, you know from from day one, uh, their team, uh, their team, and like everyone else in the company will will start trusting them from from day one. Um, and uh, and I think that's created a a culture of um, uh, you know a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility, but also in in return, like the expectation that 
with that freedom, with that flexibility also comes, um, you know, a lot of accountability and a lot of responsibility for, you know, delivering something and contributing to the company. Um, so I think we found a great way to, uh, uh, to sort of, uh, make it a more human transaction if if you can put it that way um it's not just about you know we have a a job we want something to to come in and do and then we 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 pay them uh you know money uh, for 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 them to do the job it's it's merely uh you know obviously we pay you a, you know a good salary but we also pay you in like trust and in in freedom and 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 in flexibility to design your own work day how how you'd like um and that is sort of what we are are uh, offering our team members in exchange for uh, for the contribution and, and the value they bring to the company. Um, yeah, I love that you say that, and um, I feel like that's always been something that instinctually I've known is an important way to run an organization. Is is that if people come in and they're on the back foot immediately, like I need to prove to Jonas that I'm good at what I do. I don't think they're setting people up for success. You know, I like, um, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan, not like, not, not European sports, but I'm, I'm really into the, um, into American football. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things that like a phrase I hear people talk about a lot is like playing scared. And, um, and I think, I think playing scared is something that can be really, uh, you can really think about that in, in the context of an organization, which is that if someone comes into a company and they're playing scared, they're executing their job thinking, what does Jonas think about me? Is he judging me? Is he, is he, is, you know, is he on board? Is he not on board? There's no way they're going to be as effective as you need them to be. Um, and I, and I do love how much remote and hybrid has just completely removed the conversation about, the people that look productive versus the people that don't look productive, like having everyone in an office, you know, like the idea of presenteeism or look or looking busy and all of that kind of stuff that got in the way of actually people just cracking on and doing their best work has kind of completely been ripped up. And yeah, the only opportunity that you have when someone now joins an organization is to just trust them from the get go and like view on the results that they deliver and either they deliver the results or they don't. Right. Exactly. And I think, I think the last point you made here uh, uh, is an important part of that because um, obviously trust is not something you can sort of uh, fabricate or it's not something you can just uh, pretend like you trust someone. It's, it's very real. Um, and the only way you're going to get there is, is by making sure the expectations are set. Um, make sure it's extremely clear to the, the, the person joining the company what's expected of someone in your role. Obviously, we're going to give you uh, time to sort of settle in and get to know the company and, and you know, acquire some of the context you need to do your job. Um, but, but a big part of creating that trust is also making sure that everyone is on board with what's expected of them. Because if that's not the case, um, then, you know, it's, it's really hard for, um, for anyone to, to sort of, you know, uh, generate the right trust between people because you, you can't build that trust on anything if you don't know what's expected both ways. Um, so I think it's not about, <clears throat> it's not when I say, um, you know, bring, 
bring people into the company and sort of blindly trust them from day one. That doesn't mean, you know, we bring them into the company and then we just sort of lean back and, and, and you know, we just trust them um, that way. Um, we have to put in the effort to make sure that they understand what's expected of them and, and how can they contribute uh, uh, to the company in the best way possible. Um, because only then can we sort of let them lose and, 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 and you know, give them the freedom uh, to... Uh, um, to do the work the way that they think they do it best. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. And um, so, um, one of the things that you and I've been working on in the background is is uh, like a more a deeper integration between Charlie and Penta, and it's something that we've talked about for a long time. Um, uh, well, you've talked more about it than I have, and I've been um, a pretty crap at prioritizing my end. But I'm I'm excited to say that we finally sort of. SHIT out and um uh we are prioritizing it which is great i think because from our perspective we see more and more we're seeing this we're, we're seeing and pushing for this idea that those core processes how you run your organization um have such an impact on on how people feel about the way that they work and 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 um you know the culture that they're a part of you're talking to companies every single day your team are talking to companies every single day about the world of compensation and um, uh like what's changing like what are the some what are some of the trends that you're seeing and like um yeah what's your personal view on i guess how compensation uh evolves and contributes to the culture of an organization sure um I would say, you know, even even just in, in in the past, say roughly five years since we started Penta, a lot has changed. Um, obviously, one big change is that uh, a lot more companies have gone remote, um, and that's become a much more common way of of, of running a company. Um, I think we also, I think we were already starting to see this, say five years ago, that you know this um, move away from uh, practically just companies adding just as many benefits as many perks as many as much stuff onto you know compensation um believing that that was the right way to uh uh to sort of attract and and, and retain their employees and, and 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 maybe it was because you know prior to that uh, we didn't have anything uh uh that looked like that so so maybe it did work but i think what we realize now is that at least based on my experience very few employees care about that um, you know, say uh, gym subscription, not that they don't want it or like it's not nice, but it's definitely not the thing that makes you choose one company over the other. Um, and, and so I think compensation um, is not just the monetary sort of element of compensation anymore. And I would even, I would even say that the, the sort of monetary Part of compensation, your salary and your equity, um, should actually be something that you never actually really think about. It should be something that um, sort of a, a, a fundamental, uh, uh, like a, a basic part of why you're joining the company. Um, it's the it's the thing that unlocks your uh, curiosity to understand what about this company is unique. Uh, compared to you know the three other companies I could join right now, um, so I see compensation in itself, or at least say the traditional definition of compensation, um, is less important. But it doesn't mean that you know we can just underpay people and give them 
freedom and flexibility in remote work and they're not going to care. Um, the, 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 the right compensation and the right sort of uh, salary will, will need to be in place. And then everything else that comes after that is actually what's more important. Um, and I think especially in the market we're in today in tech where, you know, there's so much capital, so, so many well-funded companies that um, I don't think any, any of these companies can afford. And honestly, I don't even think they do, but I don't think they can afford to uh, consider, um, you know, a strategy where, you know, we try to underpay people or like, you know, get a good deal on talent. Like that's, that's just not a thing anymore. Um, and the companies have to, to think more, more deeply about what can we, um, what can we, uh, you know, provide or, or offer to, to potential team members on top of say the fundamentals, which are, um, you know, what used to be, I guess, more important. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. And I think it's almost even deeper than that in the sense that, um, like appropriate compensation, I, am I paid the right amount? Isn't the only question, right? And, and I'm sure you see this as well. It's sort of, when's that going to be reviewed? Like, what's that benchmarked against? Like, how am I, like, what's the process for like me um, getting clarity on like, what my salary could be in a year or in two years. Like, um, I think people are much more astute and they understand their worth as they should do. And like the right compensation, I think, um, it, you know, it, is, it is important. It's not just the people that are great negotiators as it might've been five or 10 years ago, where it was like just the people that were happy to ask for more. I think companies are starting to get their, their shit together in terms of like, thinking about salary frameworks, thinking about banding, getting clear on what market rate is for certain roles, having good like performance review processes, having good like using progression frameworks, doing all of that kind of stuff so that actually there's a coherent understanding for um, what your compensation is going to look like. And it's not just we're trying to win you with this sort of the, the cherries on top, the gym memberships, the like, the perks, this this because actually that stuff I think those can be great tools to to help reinforce your values. At least that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they should be the primary tool in terms of like how you attract and retain people. If if you think you're going to retain people because you're giving them gym memberships, um, that's that's not that's not that's not the answer. Like you're you know giving them gym memberships is going to like maybe help with well being. And if well being is a really important like value for your organization, I think that's great but it's not the reason someone's going to stay there. Like those, those, those core aspects of compensation have got to be right. And they've, um, and they've got to be done well. I agree. And I think one, one part of, you know, say great compensation is the actual compensation, you know, your salary, your equity package, your whatever perks and benefits and and all of these things. And I think part of say great compensation that we don't talk about much is also, um, the fact that you don't feel like you have to discuss your compensation. So great compensation is also feeling very good about the compensation you have. Um, it's, it's not having to bring that up all the time. Um, and I think what I've seen and also experienced and where we've made, uh, I'd say mistakes, uh, you know, growing pencil to where we are today is understanding that this is sort of based on two things. It's based on, uh, obviously the, the, uh, the company understanding 
you know, uh, the say market rate for a specific role, um, which is changing, feels like every week right now for some roles in, 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 in tech, which makes it obviously, you know, even more difficult to, to, to keep up. Um, but I think that's, that's, that's the obvious, uh, you know, uh, sort of mistake or, or, or say trap that companies fall into is not sort of understanding that the, the person they joined or the person they hired for a role, say a year ago, uh, may actually be worth much more in say the marketplace today than they were previously. And then I think the other part, which again, I think is something we may not be discussing as much is also, um, the, the gap between how company A defines, uh, say, uh, let's use an example, like a senior, a senior engineer and, and what's expected of that senior engineer in company A versus, uh, you know, what's expected of a senior engineer in company B. Um, and I think that's one of the most tricky things, especially when, especially when employees or, 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 you know, go out in the market and sort of, which we encourage a lot, like go out and figure out what your, what your value is and like, you know, try to understand, um, what your opportunities are, because that's the only way you're going to sort of feel comfortable about the compensation you have in, 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 you know, at your, your current company today, um, is that there is, uh, a big difference between how companies um, think about expectations of certain roles. Um, and if, if companies don't have this conversation uh, internally, um, then you start to have, you start to discuss the topic with sort of different perspectives. Um, someone may just be comparing their title to someone else mm. with a similar title in a different company, while actually the expectation for that role in company A is significantly different than um than, than the same role in company B. So I think that's sometimes even more tricky is that we we tend to compare what we believe is apples to apples in the marketplace, but actually some companies have a very different expectation for for a certain role. Yeah, it's both uh, and, and we and then and, and um, we have always taken a view which is we don't want to overinflate titles. So um, uh, I think that that's titles are often used as a part of compensation, right? As a sort of, as a bit of a carrot, right? Like I'll give, yeah. you, a, I'll give you a great title and make you feel really good. I think it can be dangerous though. And the, the reason I think it can be dangerous is, you know, there is a scenario as you scale a business where you might need different people in different roles at different periods of time. And if, 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 if you're a seed, you know, if you're a 20 person company and your leadership team is made a lot, made, made up of a lot, load of people that have all got C-suite titles, <laughs> like maybe, Maybe they aren't the C-suite that you're going to need when you're 50 or 100 people, right? And so um, definitely that's one of the stances that I take when I think about, you know, modern compensation is I want a strategy and a plan for how we use titles, titles at different levels, what it means to be to, to have that title and to not use them as a as something that we just chuck around because I think, it, I think that can become um, complicated. Um, something I wanted to ask, and I don't know if you have a view on this, do you think the employee experience when it comes to their compensation is better when a company uses Pento? <laughs> is this a trick question? No, um, I do. And I think the main reason, and I have a very specific example um, without um, going into to sort of selling mode here, is that one, one thing that is... Um, sort of one of the main difference, like one of the main reasons companies move from say traditional uh, outsourcing to like an accountant or payroll bureau and move to Pento is 
um, that with the third-party provider, they usually need a, uh, or they have to adhere to a deadline that usually is, say, five, sometimes seven, sometimes even 10 days before the payday. Um, and the reason they have to adhere to that deadline is because the the outsourcing provider um, will need time to execute, you know, hundreds of payrolls for all the customers that they they serve. Um, whereas with Pento, this uh, is something we've we've built into the product. Uh, we've built a calculation engine, which means that you can make these changes to employees in real time, which ultimately means you can make uh, changes to, uh, you know, someone's salary up until last minute before uh, the payments go out on payday. Um, and what this means is that uh, uh, you have the flexibility to uh, fix mistakes before they happen. So if you realize you've made a mistake in the last week of the month, which is usually when people realize they've made mistakes, um, they still have the ability to change that and you prevent uh, you know, that you know, situation we all want to avoid where someone has gotten paid the wrong amount. Um, another thing uh, this enables is also uh, employees joining a company at the end of the month. A lot of companies um, uh, sort of need to tell an employee who joins the last week of the month that, hey, you you won't get paid for this month because you know the payroll has been closed off for the month, so we'll have to pay you uh, next month. Um, and that is, it's not a like a it's not a terrible experience, but it's also not a great experience for the for the employee that just joined. Maybe they've left the company that they came from, and and now they have like a full week or maybe even ten days where they aren't getting paid that that month. Um, so I think the the real time aspect of of being able to to change things um, immediately definitely increases the chances of a more accurate and more on time pay for the employee. And it's funny, right? I'm thinking like. You know, when I when we started on this journey, like thinking about culture and how you craft it in an organization, did I ever think that I'd be on a podcast talking about like my, how money landing in someone's bank account relates back to their culture? And 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 the the answer is probably not, but the reality is, is like I absolutely one hundred percent believe that it contributes. And the reason is, is to go back to the first point that we just talked about at the beginning of the episode, which is trust. And for a culture to work, there has to be trust between uh, the employee and the employer, both directions. And, you know, we talked about us as an organization trusting the employee. I think your culture being effective, and what I mean by effective, I mean actively helping to improve your attraction of talent, your retention of talent, and your performance in the organization. Your employees have to trust you they have to trust that when you do when you say you're going to do something you do it and when you you say something matters you you stand by it and pay is a monthly occurrence that actually has a huge impact emotional and psychological impact on people's day-to-day lives and happiness right mm-hmm. it can be the thing if they're not you know it can be the thing that causes them great stress it can be the thing that causes them great joy and if if they're seeing the wrong amount turn up in their bank account on like multiple occasions or those expenses that they needed hadn't quite been put through in the right way or, you know, whatever it is, or they were given a salary raise and that's not been filtered through, that erodes trust. And and there might be a whole bunch of HR people and, and, and people, ops people out there sitting up there saying no, but it, but it really does because it's one of the most fundamental processes 
that an organization has to do, which is to, to they've been given the time by the employee. It, it's now our turn to like give them the money back for the time they've given us. And getting that right is important. And so, yeah, pay, the payroll process is not a sexy process, but does it affect how people feel about your organization and your culture? It absolutely does. I think the way we think about it is, uh, you know, to your point, it's it's one of those things that if it runs smoothly, no one no one really, you know, even notices. Like it's not something you talk about. It's not like, oh, you know, what a great experience I had getting the money I was owed into my bank account on the day that I expected it to to land on my bank account. Um, but it it to your point, if 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 that's not the case, then you've sort of removed the sort of fundamental, um, uh, you know, part, a big part of the reason why this company, uh, this this employee, has put his or her trust into into the company, and it makes it incredibly hard to start talking about, um, you know, all of the things that comes on top of compensation, like we talked about. Because if we can't even get the fundamentals right, then it's it's really hard to have a conversation around all of the things we want to add on top of the fundamentals. Um, so I think making sure that the fundamentals are there, it's something we ideally never actually talk about. It's something we all sort of feel confident in and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, don't discuss makes, makes room for, uh, you know, much more important things and, 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 and things that bring much more value than having to discuss yeah, the fundamentals, um, that we all expect to be in place. Yeah. You're so right. You know, like what I'm taking from this conversation is the amount, <laughs> right? And how you come up with that amount and the process that sits around that uh, that amount and how you communicate that amount to the person and the team. And then the way that you ensure that that amount goes to that person at the right time in the right way, um, they, yeah, I mean, they're just one of those foundational processes that, like you say, we shouldn't be talking about. But when we do talk, have to talk about it, it's causing us damage. It's hurting our culture, right? Yeah, and we 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 end up spending time on on you know things that that no one really wants to spend time on. Like the reason we 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 started the company, the reason people joined the company was not to discuss compensation. Um, they they joined the company to uh, because they believed in the mission and 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 want to have an impact on uh, you know contribute uh, to the company. So. Um, yeah, I believe that the the, the, the ideal uh, situation is when we don't have to discuss it, and that doesn't mean that we we ignore it or we 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 don't talk about it, but it means that we've put in an effort to make sure it's something we don't have to discuss, um, so that we can spend all of our time on more important things and more exciting things, nice. for that matter. Yeah, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I mean, yeah, both of us have started companies in a pretty similar mindset, which is like there is a lot of admin that sits around um, the HR processes that sit within a business, like getting them done well and to a good degree. It allows you to do the stuff that really elevates the team, that, that yeah. engages the team, right? But if you if you don't get those fundamental processes nailed down, and um, that yeah, your, your culture is going to suffer. Um, hey, so apart from uh, people heading to pento.com and, and checking you guys out and, and and maybe having a play with the product, maybe even having a play with like, you know, at some point, hopefully in the next couple of months, like Charlie and Pento together. Um, what are, what are some of the things that you would suggest to a founder who's starting a business tomorrow, 
and they're thinking like I need an approach to 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 how I'm thinking about compensation within my organization like what are the one or two things that you've learned in your journey that you would sort of pass on to them good question I think um one of the things that uh, I'd say, because one one thing that's different from, say, the the, the, the situation you know we're in uh, at, at this stage at Pento and 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 you with Charlie is that we we we've made it to say a more uh, uh, say uh, mature stage where we we are able to pay people uh, you know what they what they're worth in the market and and we're able to attract uh, really strong talent that you know. Um, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, the, the, the type of compensation expectations that, you know, early stage companies just can't, uh, match. Um, I think it's important not to, uh, fall into either like either trap. So, you know, the first trap is, is again, trying to, to, to underpay as much as you can because you want to, you want to be scrappy and, and, and you don't want to waste money, uh, early on. Um, which may work for say the first couple of quarters and, you know, people will be excited, but once they start to run into, uh, again, uh, you know, the, the pain of sort of the fundamentals not being in place, then, then that will start to become a topic and it will start to have an impact on, uh, you know, the, 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 the work that you're actually here to do. Um, on the other hand, I don't think early stage companies should, um, and obviously, depending on how well funded they are and, and 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 whether they have the resources to do so, but I don't think early stage companies, especially maybe the first say ten hires or so, should aim to be able to pay exactly you know the same uh, uh, salaries as say the more mature uh, later stage, much more well funded companies. Um, I think also the types of people you want at the early stage are someone who. Um, I'm happy to maybe take a small pay cut in the beginning in exchange for, uh, you know, more equity and, and, and sort of buying into the long, uh, the long term, um, like the, the, yeah, the more longer term journey for, for the company. Um, but that does not mean like cutting people's salaries in half or, or, or anything like that, but it means being sort of deliberate about it and understanding that the types of people who will join at that early stage don't necessarily care about getting paid exactly what they could have gotten paid at say Google or Facebook. Um, cause then they would have joined Google or Facebook and, and that's a very different type of company than, than the one, um, you know, an early stage founder is, is, uh, is building. So I think that would be my, my advice is like trying to make sure you find the right balance between not going too scrappy because that will, that will kill people's, morale and 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 people can only go so long on 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 uh on on low energy um but also not falling into the other trap yeah i really like that it's definitely a balance and that balance interestingly changes at all the different stages you are uh on the journey right and you've got to keep thinking about it and keep reviewing it yeah the journey never ends jonas um but this podcast has to um do you see what i did there it's just it's unbelievable <laughs> i uh i'm so glad we got to do this um i feel like it's long overdue and um uh yeah i've, mate, I've enjoyed chatting to you and i'm really glad that 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 charlie and, and pento are, are getting closer together and um and doing more work together it's very very cool and um, enjoy the rest of your day and thank you so much for coming on the podcast mate thank you ben it's been a pleasure have a good one cool 
As always, I've got to thank Mal from behind the virtual glass, keeping this show on the road, getting very much prepped for season four. Lots of cool things coming when it comes to that. To all of you for listening along, wherever you are. As ever, we really appreciate you uh, being with us. If you've got people you'd like us to interview, if you've got um, reviews or thoughts for us, um, please head to Twitter. Um, I'm at Gately, and um, we're at Join Charlie. Um, let us know what you think. Um, we look forward to seeing you again soon. I've been Ben Branson Gately, your host, and this has been the Culture Ops Podcast. Mm-hmm.